County Commissioner District 3, Rick Miners with us to talk about the Monroe makeover. We want to learn all about that. Lots of money involved to help the northwest side of town make significant improvements to the infrastructure there. And then from an earlier conversation, Sherry Hubbard talking with us about second harvest of the Big Bend. Stay with me. Tallahassee Talks with Brian Cerny, brought to you by Widden Glass, Tallahassee's first name in glass for your home or office, and by Merry Maids. Call Merry Maids. Relax. And it's done. In 1945, Jack Whitten started a glass company in Tallahassee. Now over 75 years and three generations later, it's still working every day, doing just as Jack wanted, giving his customers real solutions for replacing window glass, providing custom-cut mirrors, and supplying superior bath and shower enclosures. Local building contractors know Whitten Glass takes care of Tallahassee business. They prefer Whitten because of their precision and mastery of eye-catching storefront glass, and countertop glass. It's a fact. When you choose Wooden Glass, you're working with real glass people who will take care of you to your complete satisfaction. It's what Jack Wooden wanted, and it's been the Wooden way of doing business for over 75 years. Wooden Glass, Tallahassee's first family in glass since 1945. Call Wooden Glass today or visit them online. 850-222-5781 or woodenglass.com. When it comes down to it, uh, this tiny little town of ours makes some rather remarkable contributions, not only for our own citizenry, neighborhoods and such, but for the region. I mean, this has been our... I guess you'd say sort of our legacy. Uh, in some respects, from my humble observation, it's <laughs> been underestimated over the years, uh, at least over the last four decades that I've been part of this whole thing um, that we call Tallahassee. In its infancy, you know, this was the place that plantation owners were able to market their goods, you know, built a, a railroad down to St. Mark's, the Tallahassee Railroad, um, later was dubbed, or may have been separate from this, Plank Road, if you know that Plank Road still exists. Well, it was the predecessor to, or the precursor to the railroad, actually. So they could drive their, their wagons down to you know, down to the coast and thereby have their cotton bales and other produce shipped out. Um, but at that point, you know, basically Tallahassee's agrarian slave-based economy as such uh, was pretty much, you know, the game. There wasn't much more than that. And what, you know, ended up becoming the state capital for its part was rather insignificant in many respects. I mean, it was convenient enough so that 
legislators were able to, you know, come here in between Jacksonville and Pensacola, because south of Ocala, there wasn't anything of any interest. So the chief concern here was agriculture, and the state's business as such was limited in scope. Nonetheless, uh, we find ourselves now, these 200 years later, happy birthday, by the way, happy anniversary, birthday, I don't know. It's the Tallahassee Bicentennial. Let's not forget that. Uh, Lots of happenings going on through the year with that. But uh, at the moment, it occurs to me that we find ourselves having inherited a kind of mindset and a kind of history, I guess, economically, politically, um, that we have become less comfortable with, we'll say. We've sort of shed a lot of that that was confining restrictive that was maybe partisan in some respects uh, or in some other ways favoring those with you know land the people that owned the land owned the people owned the commerce and the means of it well here we are in 2024 and you've seen the works of organizations public monies being spent through organizations like Blueprint, county and city, and all that goes into trying to make the town a little bit more than just one big plantation, trying to incorporate more and more of the sense that we have more to offer and have done so sizably uh, for our for our own efforts, I would say, and regard to how much we've been able to contribute. I mean, and we, we make it a point around here to to share that with you, to celebrate that, you know, whether it's uh, the Mag Lab or the Tallahassee Community Chorus, right? Uh, lots of organizations that for their part have made inroads into the well-being of people, not just us proper, but across the the countryside across this region and in in no uh, exaggeration or in exaggerated terms across the world i mean you realize how many times tallahassee community chorus has traveled you know from europe across all the way over to asia and back i mean we we find ourselves in possession of some rather notable contributors and the economic developments, the scientific developments, like the innovation labs, and I mentioned, you know, the high magnetic laboratory. Yeah, I mean, we, we've, we've, we've been able to say for ourselves, we are more than the old Tallahassee. We are more than, uh, you know, a football team. Uh, those are all great uh contributions will we would certainly acknowledge that uh, if you're a football fan fam you Florida State yeah I mean what's wrong with that nothing except if that's all you got going on if that's all we're known for well then we're kind of missing the point aren't we so you've got uh, Rick Miner with us today Leon County Commissioner District 3 that's that whole northwest side of town right and in this project that he's bringing forward, bringing it to our attention, 
the Monroe Makeover Project, which is designed to, at its core, designed to improve infrastructure, safety measures, sidewalks and crosswalks and better lighted areas for traffic and pedestrians, uh, even some improvements to the greenways uh, along the corridor of going up North Monroe, past I-10 and all the way up to Lake Jackson. Now there are some companion efforts going on as well, authored by uh, Blueprint uh, folks. Of course, as you know, Blueprint is governed by the combined efforts of Leon and Tallahassee commissioners, right? County and city combined, and they then uh, are this administrative body for the use of those monies. At times, controversial, and there's <laughs> anytime money's involved and public interests are involved, I don't know that we could ever avoid controversy. Um, but in this case, I think when the Monroe makeover is, is really not difficult to justify, uh, particularly as you'll, as you'll begin to discover, uh, in our conversation, Commissioner Miner and I have an opportunity to say, does this not make sense? I mean, in fact, isn't this a bit overdue when you look at all that we've done elsewhere around the county? You know, and so we're going to get into that with him in detail. I hope you'll stay with me in that second hour. We'll have him with us. And uh, prior to that, we want to welcome Sherry Hubbard. Now, Sherry uh, was serving at the time of this conversation that we had with her a couple years ago. She was with Second Harvest of the Big Ben, did such a great job in sharing with us the ministry, the vision, the mission of second harvest and here again us reaching out beyond our borders uh, where second harvest uh, uh, single-handedly is caring for people in uh, last count was about 11 counties that are aided by and other food charities that are aided by this one organization second harvest of the big bend so we're going to get into that and it's certainly appropriate as we begin gearing up for our 2024 Tallahassee Food Challenge campaign. As you recall, over the many years that we do this, we have this opportunity to say to take the challenge, fill a bowl, and feed the hungry. That's our motto, and that is Tallahassee Food Challenge. You stay with me. We've got more. Good morning, friends. This is your friend, Dr. Benjamin Franklin. We're talking with Brian Cerny on Tallahassee Talks. It may be that you have a long-standing familiarity, understanding, uh, and even uh, love for Second Harvest of the Big Bend. There are a number of faithful food charities in our community. Thank goodness. Uh, Second Harvest is that watershed for all of them. Because it's Second Harvest that then brings to the community the distribution of those food items that are so vital. Uh, man, there's no fluff here. This is about as real as it gets. And they bring something else. They bring a level of organization. 
and we have one of those people here today. And this uh, remarkable buying power that uh, they bring to the table, whereby a dollar given can buy $4 worth of food. That's roughly the ratio. So with that in mind, we started the Tallahassee Food Challenge many years ago, and it is continuing even now. And this year we are in full throttle in our efforts to bring attention to the needs of hungry families, hungry kids. What better time to invite Sherry Hubbard, who is the Director of Communications for Second Harvest, as our guest, and she is here now. Hello, Sherry. Hi, Brian. How are you? I'm better now that you're here because you can tell us more than I can possibly imagine. You have been a part of this organization for a number of years. How long have you been with Second Harvest? I actually was hired right before Hurricane Michael. So I came on board Uh, in the midst of that In the midst of, oh my goodness. That just, it makes me stop and think about what what a kind of baptism you had because folks have we forgotten the the devastation involved and then the human toll the human need long long beyond far beyond the path of that hurricane and the months that uh, that uh, then uh, ensued but the people who were without food because there weren't any grocery stores. There wasn't food available. And all of that came back to your your table. All of it came back to you guys. Absolutely. And, and you bring up a good point, Brian, because I think a lot of times when people think about food insecurity and hunger um, in our service area, which is the Big Bend, we serve 11 counties in the Big Bend, including mm. um, Leon County, which is by far our most populated county. We sometimes forget about episodic hunger, which mm. is something that we've seen a lot of in the last three years. Uh, first with Hurricane Michael, you know, you had a lot of people who went to bed that night and were fine and woke up the next day, maybe without a home and without a job. And of course, that was a, a long-term recovery. And, then, it's, and it's still going on. It is still going on. Absolutely. There, you know, the aftermath, I was at a, uh, a meeting um, in the Panhandle and the coast uh, this week, and they're you know still very much talking about um, you know ongoing issues resulting from Hurricane. And Michael, you think so. about that, Sherry. Uh, we've had several folks here telling us about that whole population, and I say in more in more gen- gentle terms, the communities mm-hmm. that were affected, Mariana particularly, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the fact that. You're already looking at an area that is decidedly impoverished, largely agrarian. Um, Some of these people have never taken a handout in their lives. Yes, and this is what we've seen in the last two years. um, When the COVID pandemic started, was many new faces coming to our our mobile distributions and Mm. to pantry distributions with our partners, people who'd never needed um, food assistance before. But all of a sudden, you know, during the pandemic, perhaps they'd lost their jobs. Um, And, you know, this brings to mind a bigger topic when we think about who is hungry in our community. Um, You can look at a lot of numbers and statistics, 
But if you look at, um, are you familiar with the Alice report? From the I United am. Way? Okay. Tell us more about it. Well, so Alice is just refers to asset limited, income constrained, employed, and basically it's working families, um, people who are getting up and going to work every day, but maybe they're underemployed and, you know, they're making just enough money to make ends meet, but not enough to have a reserve, not enough to have savings. So that first little hiccup or big hiccup in the case of a Hurricane Michael or COVID, they are making hard choices and, you know, they have no reserves to fall back on. So a lot of these folks, for the first time, they needed assistance with food. Hmm. And, you know, everything starts with food, feeding your family. Kind of does, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It is that common denominator. Mm -hmm. So so Alice Households in Leon County represents, if you look at the latest uh, 2020 census figures, our population, um, 30%, that's almost 90,000 people who are Alice households living just above the poverty threshold. Say that again. How much? How many? What percent? Almost a 30% in Leon County. As That's the um, United Way, the Big Ben's right. Alice estimate wow. for Leon County, which is almost 90,000 people. So that's a lot of people that that's are living just below the poverty threshold. And they make too much money to qualify for federal programs. So it's sort of a catch-22. It you is make... entirely that. Yes. We've talked with uh, some of the economists over there at the Florida Chamber, mm-hmm. and they talk about this cliff, uh, which I think you're referring to, mm-hmm. that if I take that higher-paying job, I lose all of the assistance that I've been getting mm-hmm. for food, for child care, and the higher-paying job isn't enough to replace all those dollars. Absolutely. It's as, as you said, catch twenty two. It's mm-hmm. it's a trap. Mm-hmm. I'm stuck here. Wow. Yeah. So the question, of course, this is a question you and I can't. We certainly can't answer, but but it begs the question: Why can't we adjust those benefit programs so there's a kind of gradation there, mm-hmm. right? So okay, Sherry, we just got you another twenty grand a year, but we're not going to cut you off. In our in our assistance, we're going to scale that back. Why doesn't that isn't that sensible? I don't I don't get it. You would think so. You would think. Okay. All right, folks. You, I hope you hear the frustration in my voice because it's been an issue for me for a long time. Is what in the world? Why can't we can't can't we do the right thing? Um, Sherry Hubbard is here, and she always does the right thing. She is doing her very best as the director of communications then for second harvest of the big bend um been there a while looks like she's going to be there a while longer because there's a whole lot to communicate um we're going to take a quick break but before i do that you have a pretty extensive background in this whole business of public relations and communications i'm reading here more than 30 years uh, developing and implementing communications and PR systems and media relations. Is this the toughest job you've ever loved? <laughs> Every job I've ever had has been wonderful and challenging ah. in its own way. But this is definitely a career highlight ah. um, in ah. terms of being able to hopefully make an impact right here in my own community and, you know, in my own back door. And I'm very grateful. Oh, me too. Well, I think we're all grateful that you're at the helm when it comes to helping us better understand Second har- Harvest of the Big Bend. And you are in touch with us here at Tallahassee Talks, so don't go away. We're going to 
have some more conversation here with this lovely person. Stay with me. In 1945, Jack Wooden started a glass company in Tallahassee. Now, over 70 years and three generations later, it's still working every day, doing just as Jack wanted, giving his customers real solutions for replacing window glass, providing custom-cut mirrors, and supplying superior bath and shower enclosures. Local building contractors know Witten Glass takes care of Tallahassee business. They prefer Witten because of their precision and mastery of eye-catching storefront glass and countertop glass. It's a fact. When you choose Witten Glass, you're working with real glass people who will take care of you to your complete satisfaction. It's what Jack Witten wanted, and it's been the Witten way of doing business for over 70 years. Witten Glass, Tallahassee's first family in glass since 1945. Call Witten Glass today or visit them online, 850-222-5781 or woodenglass.com. Hi, I'm Josh, and this is an ad for Super Signs. We were going to do an ad that was funny or maybe really dramatic. You know, something clever. But that just didn't work. So I'm just going to tell you, Super Signs is great. I mean, they're really great. And it's not just me saying it. Lots of people posting and talking to their friends. Here's one. We are so happy with all our signs and banners by Super Signs. Highly recommend. Here's another. These guys are awesome. They run their business with great quality and service. Our lighted sign looks fantastic. I can't rave enough. Super Signs does the really big stuff, like outdoor lighted signs, vehicle wraps, wall murals, and all the banners, the yard signs, and indoor signs, too. So for your business or your birthday party, Super Signs is your sign company. So that's it. That's our ad. Super Signs is great. I mean, really, really, really great. You should call them, 422-1883, or go to their website, yoursupersigns.com. How's that for clever? Bringing you whatever Tallahassee is talking about this week. Tallahassee Talks with Brian Cerny. We're back and we're talking with Sherry Hubbard. She is the uh, communications director for Second Harvest of Big Bend. She serves on the board of directors for Shine Now, which is a Florida not-for-profit that's dedicated to the success of women in the workplace. Kind of tell us what your day looks like. I mean, what, what is what is it that you have to do on behalf of Second Harvest? Well, I'm very proud to uh, serve as the voice of Second Harvest, along with our our leadership team and our wonderful, dynamic, uh, super smart. CEO Monique Van Pelt, who yeah. we're so blessed to have on board. She is super smart. Yeah, um, I feel stupid when I'm around. Her. Uh, <laughs> is that? But then again, Carl would quickly say, "Dad, you feel stupid about everybody." So. No, I can't yeah. say that. I'd say she lifts us all up with okay. her enthusiasm and her energy. So you know, it's always wonderful to. She's work a with delight. Someone. She, she is absolutely is. Um, and then she challenges us to be the best that we can be. So we hmm. all have. You know our vital roles within the organization, but we're very much like a family, um, a you know a small um, organization as staff goes, mm. and so we work really hard to support each other yeah. on a daily basis. And you know, no two days look the same. Um, we get mm. up with one thing in mind and maybe have a to do list, and then something will come up, and we'll all put that aside to uh, to meet a certain deadline or, yeah. or make a priority. Brush fires, we'd say. Yep. Yeah, um, it, you know, getting the food out is not optional. So, yep. for example, if uh, if a volunteer group has to cancel and we were counting on them to come in and, and do a packing for a distribution, then guess what? We're all laying down our yeah. 
phones and our yeah. pens, and we're going back into the warehouse, and right. and the staff is going to get that packing I, done. I, I, I loved meeting the polar bears, these men who work in the deep freeze, uh, yeah. dressed appropriately, having a blast. We and they're just amazing volunteers. <laughs> it's a, you know, you say that. Monique pointed this out to me during this last two years, and especially when uh, the threat of COVID was at its peak, she was saying to the folks that volunteer with you, hey, we get it. If you're not at ease being here, if you feel like you just can't do this, one woman said, you know, you were there for me when I needed food and for my kids. I'm here for you. We hear that so often. So many of our volunteers are former clients who receive services Mm. um, from Second Harvest Partner Agencies or through one of our programs. And it's always, you know, I like to, when I first came on board, I was working um, closely daily with the volunteers. And I loved hearing those stories, you know, about why they choose to support us. Because let's face it, there are a lot of, you know, um, social services groups and causes that people could choose to support. And I'm always interested in why they why they choose us and hearing their stories. It, it you know that uh, brings to mind the manner in which as an organization you folks have adapted over the years. I mean, I remember the days when we first started running Tallahassee Food Challenge and the facility that was occupied at the time was a mess and it, and it wasn't getting any better. And one brave soul took the helm then and said, we're going to, what was his name, Jim? I've forgotten now. I forget. Croteau. Yes, thank you. He was stalwart, and he just kind of grabbed hold of the, the steering wheel and said, no, we're going we're gonna to get through this. Ended up in this wonderful facility that you have now. Um, met all of the standards needed for safety and for food safety, as well as your people. Uh, and uh, and then here comes Monique, who comes with this fresh sort of perspective on not just the day-to-day, but that big picture. And you talked about mm-hmm. some of your food distribution. Tell us about the manner, and you've got some new ones coming online, but the manner in which you're actually getting food out into some of these neighborhoods. It's remarkable. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, we, um, you know, it's it's wonderful to have an opportunity to talk to people about how we actually work. So um, Second Harvest, we're located here in Leon County out near the airport. We have a ginormous 41,000 square foot warehouse. So if folks have never been out there, I encourage them to you know, look for an opportunity to come out and take a tour with us. And that from there, we serve as the hub People don't actually come to the warehouse to get food. We work with partner agencies, what Mm. we call partner agencies, um, across our service area, about 150 of them. And they are the ones who are actually distributing. They get food from us, and they distribute it in their communities where they know the people. And they can order exactly um, the type of food, whether it's... um, you know, shelf-stable canned goods and dry goods, fresh produce, frozen meat, whatever it is they need, and distribute it to the community. So um, here in Leon County, we have almost 50 partner agencies. And between those agencies, they set their own distribution schedules for their pantries. Those are that's where the pantries are located to distinguish between us, the food bank, and the food pantries. So people go to the pantries and there are Right now, about 208 
pantry distributions every month. So that's our primary method of getting food out, are um, providing food to those partner agencies and having good coverage, getting that food out. In addition to that, we do mobile pantries. Um, We did a lot of this after Hurricane Michael when a lot of our partner agencies were offline for a while. And we've continued to do those. So we do about eight to 10 of those here in Leon County every month where we'll load up our truck and go to a predetermined area and um, advertise it and distribute Just show up and say, here we are, folks. Yeah, and a couple of those are really big, like our Thanksgiving and Christmas distributions. I imagine. Um, So those are going on every month. And then we have our programs, which um, I think if people have heard anything about our programs, they probably heard of the backpack program because that's the one that seems to. But there's child nutrition programs like that. And then we have um, senior programs, like our senior grocery program, um, and we have programs that target underserved communities. So uh, one of the new ones that we've been working on this year, which we're uh, so happy, well, starting last year, is what we call our neighborhood empowerment programs. And I think that's what you were um, right, right. alluding to. Is And a lot of this has been funded. Um, we're so fortunate by American Rescue Act funding. Huh. Um which we were fortunate to receive, and that has helped us develop the neighborhood empowerment programs. So we're going into areas that we know are underserved. Yes. And uh, maybe Food there's deserts, not a, we call them, right? That, too. Some of them are not close. You know, and transportation can be an issue. Mobility right. can be right. an issue. Right. So if you don't have a car and you have a hard time getting out of your apartment, the neighborhood distributions, we're going right to the neighborhood. It's within going, walking distance, then. Yeah, yeah, right to Providence or a Nacoma or Frenchtown or um, Springfield Complex, right, right. Greater Bond Community, Griffin Heights. We're taking the food right there and we're setting up so people, it, and these are walk ups because it's right in the neighborhood. I've seen not the drive-thrus. one at Frenchtown there at Heritage Hub. Yeah, absolutely. That's very clever. But I not mean, only that, we're collaborating. With partners, um, other social service agencies, uh, like 10 or more, will come out and help us to not only, um, we're distributing the food, but then they're educating citizens about other services that are available to them. That's very cool. So it's a very uplifting experience for the Talking people Talking with serving. Sherry Hubbard, she is uh, helping us better understand this a magnificent effort. Second Harvest of the Big Band, she's the Director of Communications, and you are in tune with Tallahassee Talks. Stay with me. Widden Glass has been taking care of business since 1945. When you call Widden Glass, you're dealing with experienced, reliable professionals who offer only the best. Like Widden's top-of-the-line bath enclosures that provide style and luxury at an affordable price. Eye-catching storefronts are a specialty at Widden Glass. We'll help you design it and install it. Widden Glass, the first name in glass replacement. Call 222-5781. Every day, Sellers makes life a little better for homeowners, helping them find the best design ideas for their homes with the best quality tile, carpet, and hardwood flooring. Even mosaics and ceramic and vinyl solutions are right there at their fingertips. Professional designers and seasoned advisors are ready with expert guidance to be certain they find the best solutions for their home. And best of all, Sellers works hard to bring the lowest prices and the highest quality products all in one location. That saves homeowners time and money. Maybe it's time for you to find the Sellers Advantage for your home or your office. See for yourself this week at Sellers Spacious Showroom. Conveniently located on Capitol Circle Northeast, just north of Mayhem Drive. 
or find them online at sellerstyle.com. Style, quality, and design at Sellers in Tallahassee. 656-8453. Folks, there are four ways to shine in life, and Merry Maids has it all going on. Experience, reliability, thoroughness, and professionalism. Well, that's why we rely on Merry Maids right here at our studios, because, you know, I do need a little shine from time to time. And my friends at Merry Maids can make it happen with guaranteed satisfaction, screened and trained employees, bonded and insured performance, even a free consultation. Merry Maids can customize cleanings to fit most budgets and fit your busy schedule with cleanings on a weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, or an on-call basis. Merry Maids will deep clean your home on that first visit, something that you've probably been wanting to do, but you don't have to. Call Merry Maids. Relax, and it's clean. Right here in Tallahassee, call 386-2205 or find them online at merrymaids.com. That's 386-2205. Hi, I'm Jerry. And I'm Pete. And we're with the Jerry Thigpen Trio. And you're listening to Tallahassee Talks with Brian Cerny. Folks, we uh, have the pleasure of having Sherry Hubbard here. She is um, chock full of all kinds of information about hunger as it is represented and reported in Leon County. And may I remind you, uh, if you don't already know this, Leon County... Uh, infamously is uh, probably the highest or among the highest in the state of Florida uh, on some of these very ugly numbers. We talked earlier about the Alice individual, the asset limited uh, income constrained, I should say, employed. That's the working poor. Okay, so you may be used to work, you know, feeling like you're running from paycheck to paycheck. That's become the normal status for a lot of us. But then it goes another step further because it's not just paycheck to paycheck. They get to that paycheck and it's not enough. And if there is any kind of a hiccup, what do I do? Do I feed my kids or do I take care of that immediacy? Uh, some people call it the tyranny of the urgent. Well, there's nothing more urgent than a child who's going to bed hungry every night, which makes it important for us to consider at this time of year. We're heading into the end of the school year. We're heading into that period of time when school food programs, breakfasts, lunch, they're just not there. And the demand goes up. So the supplies are going down, the demand is up, Folks, uh, this is a daily issue. You know, they don't have thousands of warehouses. They have one facility. As as magnanimous as it is, and as as capable as it is, but the food goes out every day. It's it's never stops, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Sherry Hubbard's helping me out here because I, you know, I get up on my soapbox, and we won't have much of a show. Um, What's your biggest frustration in this job? Oh my goodness! Hard to say because there's probably a bunch, <laughs> but you got to pick. You know, I'm, what, I'm, what are the top three? The things that you just get up every day and go, if I could just solve that. Oh, if I had a magic wand. Oh, I love those questions. Well, I mean, within your job, I mean, you can't. <laughs> I know we want there to be a perfect world, but I'm just saying, you know, you got a job to do. The to talk to more people. Um, the the mm. 
so our, our mission is twofold. It's advancing change and to feed hungry people, but there's an education and engagement component to that, yeah. which is a big part of what I do, and opportunities like this are so beneficial. I, you know, hmm. would love to have more opportunities just to, to talk to people, um, be hmm. out and about, um, and, you know, we, we do as much of that as time allows. Um, I will mention hmm. there is a great opportunity next week, actually, our annual, um, big annual event, um, and it's new. We've reinvented it. It's called The Harvest. It's next Thursday, and people can still get tickets. We'll be there. Our staff will be there. Our board members will be there. Mm. So if people want to come out and talk to us and really have in-depth conversations and celebrate with us all we've been through in the past year, um, we'd love to see people out there. It's going to be a super fun night. Wow. They can get tickets on our website. Okay. I'm looking there now, and I'm looking for events. And when does this happen? It's next Thursday, March 31st at Goodwood uh, Museum and Gardens from 6 to 10. And tickets are $40, and that includes um, food from several local restaurants, an open beer and wine bar, entertainment by Tallahassee Nights Live, which if you've never been fortunate enough to experience them, you should come just for that. Oh, yeah. No kidding. I mean, they're they're fabulous. And we're going to have a great silent auction, too, with luxury items, which we're really excited about. Oh, this is really good stuff. Yeah. Uh, The Harvest, it's called. New signature event. I'm looking at it on, on your website here. This is very easy. There's the map. If you don't know where Goodwood is, well, come on, that's easy to find over there on Miccosukee. Uh, Goodwood Museum and Gardens, 40 bucks, 6 to 10. Oh, we got to do this. Okay, do yourself a favor. Give yourself a gift. In fact, buy four tickets. And and then, then you take a friend and then give two tickets to somebody else, some other folks that you know. $40, man, well, that's ridiculous. Um, We're making it so easy for them, too. So you just go to fightinghunger.org. You right. get your tickets. We're going to email it to you huh. with a barcode. You don't have to download anything on your phone. No special programs or apps are required. Good idea. So everything will be completely um And this all benefits simple. Second Harvest, which in turn benefits all of this work and all these charities that you're helping. Okay, let's just review fightinghunger.org and then when you're going to when you get there click on the events link there at the top in the menu. It'll take you to the calendar and when you see that calendar, click on the 31st. See, even I can do this. And then you have the harvest, click on that. Now it's going to bring you up to the page that has all of the details and where you can uh, buy tickets right there online. It's actually even easier than that, Brian. We oh. have a, a link well, of course on our it homepage. Is because I always do things the hard way, <laughs> for heaven's sakes. They can do it right you from our homepage. You could have stopped me. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, there's more than one way, but we make it easy, folks. It's right on our homepage. So if you want to come out and join us and support oh, us, we'd love to see you there. Fine. I liked it when I was explaining it, but... You know, that's just my ego, so that's okay. There's plenty of that to go around. Um, yeah, it's right there on the homepage, folks. Easy enough. Fightinghunger.org. Make that a part of your spring activity, and you're going to have a great time. And you're right. Friday night, What? come on. Tallahassee. What's it called? Tallahassee Nights. Tallahassee Nights yeah, Live, yes. Right. Sorry. <sighs> okay. Well, there's a heck of a lot more. You're going to have to come back. I would love to come back. We're going to have to drag you back in here because you don't have enough to do already. Um, Her name is Sherry Hubbard, and she's my new best friend. And she's been uh, the director of communications now since 2018. And you said earlier, on the wake of Hurricane Michael, you you come barreling into town 
trying to take care of what this organization is doing and wants to do more of. Um, so communicating is a big issue. Getting the word out is, is critical. Um, if you had one thing to tell a, a company that, that is considering supporting what you guys do, what would you say? What's your pitch? Well, I would say thank you so much for considering supporting us. Um, the impact that your donation can have is critical to serving food insecure community here in Leon County and across the Big Bend. Um, we, For every dollar that is donated to us, we buy food by the, the truckload, and I'm talking about tractor trucks. So our purchasing power is huge, mm. and in combination with the national relationships we have through Feeding America. Mm. So we can stretch that dollar to really make an impact. You don't have to worry. If you choose to donate to Second Harvest, that you're going to make a tremendous impact, you know, feeding your neighbors. Direct. Yeah, sure is. Yeah, that's a one to four ratio, if I'm not mistaken. So ten dollars buys forty dollars, a hundred dollars buys four hundred dollars worth of food, man. And these days, uh, yeah, groceries aren't going down in price, are they? They certainly. Yeah, are not. four bags of groceries is a hundred bucks, folks. This is what we do here, uh, and I'm glad you're a part of it. And Sherry, thank you for making it possible for us to learn more about what you're doing. Second Harvest of the Big Bend. And don't forget, folks, you can go to Tallahassee Food Challenge to learn more about what we're doing to get that word out for Sherry and for all of those who are devoted to this work. Sherry, thanks again for being here. Thank you so much for all that you do. Absolutely. So there you have it, a conversation with then Director of Communications for Second Harvest of the Big Bend, Sherry Hubbard, talking about this remarkable organization. Stay with me, folks. I've got more coming up after the top of the hour with Commissioner Rick Miner. Widden Glass takes care of Tallahassee business. Local contractors know Widden Glass has been taking care of business since 1945. They prefer Widden Glass because of their precise window glass replacement, masterful shower enclosures, and storefront glass. Widden Glass will take care of you to your complete satisfaction. That's been Widden's way of doing business for 65 years. When you call Widden Glass, you're dealing with experienced, reliable professionals who offer only the best. Like Widden's top-of-the-line bath enclosures that provide style and luxury at an affordable price. Eye-catching storefronts are a specialty at Widden Glass. We'll help you design it and install it. We've done hundreds of storefronts in the Tallahassee area. That's why Widden is known for taking care of business. Widden Glass, the first name in glass replacement. Call 222-5781. Hi, I'm Josh, and this is an ad for Super Signs. We were going to do an ad that was funny or maybe really dramatic. You know, something clever. But that just didn't work. So, I'm just going to tell you, Super Signs is great. I mean, they're really great. And it's not just me saying it. Lots of people posting and talking to their friends. Here's one. We are so happy with all our signs and banners by Super Signs. Highly recommend. Here's another. These guys are awesome. They run their business with great quality and service. Our lighted sign looks fantastic. I can't rave enough. Super Signs does the really big stuff, like outdoor lighted signs, vehicle wraps, wall murals, and all the banners, the yard signs, and indoor signs, too. So for your business or your birthday party, Super Signs is your sign company. So that's it. That's our ad. 
Super Signs is great. I mean, really, really, really great. You should call them, 422-1883, or go to their website, yoursupersigns.com. How's that for clever? Welcome back to the second hour, Tallahassee Talks with Brian Cerny, online at tallahasseetalks.com, where you can listen on demand at your leisure, or you can subscribe to the podcast. We're broadcast every Saturday morning, bright and early, 7 o'clock on Real Talk, 93.3 FM in Tallahassee. Our good friends over there, Greg Tisch, Matty Rowe, John Jopling and all the boys and girls that provide us one of the last remaining kind of a a tribute to independent radio um, in and of itself. Great station, talk radio as, as as it goes, and you know conversations seems to me are the seedbed of discovery. That's when we find out how much we really believe in what we say we believe or how much we know about the things we claim to know everything about. Isn't that the case? You know, we, we can't really know better who we are, what we're worth or why we're here, except that we are in conjunction with or connection to people who find, uh, find what we say, what we do and why we do it of interest. And they're willing to share that with us. You know, people who live in isolation from all of that, that interaction, I think, uh, are at a real disadvantage. And it happens, too, interestingly enough, that people who are isolated, um, whether they are socially isolated or if they have isolated themselves intellectually, you know, they may be visible and, you know, part of some group or groups but they're just not open they're not they're not listening they're not taking in new information they're not sharing with others what they think and feel and believe and those isolated peoples then find themselves i think uh more vulnerable frankly they are the victims um of some rather uh unfortunate sometimes devastating uh, psychology or psychological consequences. I mean, have you ever seen somebody who is gregarious and engaged and contributive carrying a shotgun into an elementary school? Yeah, I mean, if you go back and look at the the personality profiles of these people, and everybody just scratching their heads, you know? (laughs) I mean, nah. Now, the, the, this is where, in fact, this this whole radio broadcast, we've been on the air now since 2011. This makes 2024 our, our officially our 14th season. Yep, started in February of 2011, so here we are. And uh, de- devoted, dedicated to this proposition that all people are created equal in their opportunity uh, to self-examine, uh, to be critical of their own thinking, uh, to realize that we are all made of the same stuff. 
And while we all have opinions, the best way to vet what we think and feel and believe is to share it, share ideas. And I don't have to agree with you. In fact, uh, I don't need you to agree with me on anything. Better off, frankly, that we disagree, in my opinion. And when you hear people saying, oh, we're so deeply divided and we're separate, nonsense. We've always been deeply divided, and we always will be. In fact, there's there's a lot of good in being deeply divided. What does e pluribus unum mean, anyway? Yeah, unity in the midst of diversity, basically. The notion that we are better off because... We come from various points of view, various places in the world, various backgrounds. It's when we find ourselves um, isolated from opportunities for that kind of interchange, exchange of ideas. That's when we get into trouble. You know, and if there's any kind of elitism going on that, that by by its own purpose, uh, this elitist sort of way of thinking is intended to keep you and I out of those kinds of exchanges, those conversations. Yeah, again, that's not a healthy environment. And so when you listen to Rick Miner talk, as he will hear with us shortly, about the effort to bring people to this conversation, should we spend our four-point Two million dollars of blueprint money to make improvements to this northwest corridor generally speaking and why should we do that and and what are the more tangible benefits let's say immediate benefits how how can we measure the outcome well we're going to get into that with him and he'll apprise you of their efforts thus far with what they have dubbed the Monroe Makeover Project. So please pay attention there. Uh, but cr- precisely because uh, people like Rick Miner go about their day trying to figure out how to get you and I better plugged into these discussions. You know, they're not being conducted uh, in back rooms and closed doors and such. No, they're, they're, they're available for scrutiny. And the more you and I participate in that process, and God bless you, in whatever way you best can do so. There's an effort right now, I think uh, he's got a, a petition that he's been circulating. So you can learn about that if you'll go online. I think it's uh, MonroeMakeover.com is the website. Simple enough. And... Take, take five minutes and, and read about what they're trying to do. See if you agree. And if you do, then you sign the, you sign the uh, petition. And those signatures then go in front of this entire board of administrators, count, county and city commissioners, that uh, then consider whether or not this designated money, again, about $4.2 million, should be allocated in a matching way with federal funds. There's there's the heart of this thing. Federal monies that are made available in the way of improvements to infrastructure, you know, it has to be applied for. 
And the question is, should we do that? And if we do so, we put up our portion that's required of us. It's supposed to be about 20% of the total. Well, so, okay, so we bring our four and the feds throw down $17 million. Now you got $21 million to work with. I mean, and over the next probably probably about two years, two and a half, maybe three years of time, you're going to see that money being spent to make improvements to the sidewalks and you know safety measures for traffic and for pedestrians. And that's one of the most treacherous, treacherous parts of the county. Not to mention the fact that economically there, there needs to be uh, a revitalization, in my opinion, of that area. Whole, the whole Tallahassee Mall makeover project uh, that sort of died on the vine. Um, and it did so because the chief proponent of that, the guy who was putting most of the effort into that in providing leadership from out of town, actually, from Birmingham, Alabama, well, he, he died. He died, and when he died, the vision for it, the drive for it, went with him. Sadly enough, what was a really promising opportunity there for Tallahassee and for essentially, and especially the northwest side of town, yeah, it, it evaporated. So here we go, once again, trying to make improvements for the sake of all of us, but particularly, of course, for the residents and businesses in this part of our community. As you know with me, my friend, it, it always comes back to how we can create the greatest amount of good for the greatest number of people over the greatest period of time. I think this Monroe Makeover Project uh, comes under that heading and uh, qualifies on all counts. So stay with me, folks. We've got Rick Miner, Leon County Commissioner, District 3, right after this. Hi, I'm Josh, and this is an ad for Super Signs. We were going to do an ad that was funny or maybe really dramatic. You know, something clever. But that just didn't work. So... I'm just going to tell you, Super Signs is great. I mean, they're really great. And it's not just me saying it. Lots of people posting and talking to their friends. Here's one. We are so happy with all our signs and banners by Super Signs. Highly recommend. Here's another. These guys are awesome. They run their business with great quality and service. Our lighted sign looks fantastic. I can't rave enough. Super Signs does the really big stuff, like outdoor lighted signs, vehicle wraps, wall murals, and all the banners, the yard signs, and indoor signs, too. So for your business or your birthday party, Super Signs is your sign company. So that's it. That's our ad. Super Signs is great. I mean, really, really, really great. You should call them, 422-1883, or go to their website, yoursupersigns.com. How's that for clever? Rick Miner is Leon County Commissioner for District 3 here in Tallahassee. Um, uh, somebody that has been uh, in and around uh, the growth of Tallahassee's uh, neighborhoods and businesses, uh, services uh, for city and county, directly and indirectly. Uh, somebody who has been a friend of this show for a long time, and it's a pleasure to have him with us on this occasion. Going to talk about this northwest uh, gateway up there along Monroe and I-10 and such, but let's get to the man and find out what it's all about. Welcome, 
Commissioner. Hey, Brian, it's good to be back. It's good to be. Rick it's good to see you Miner, again. Yes, and and it has been too long, but uh, this is a great opportunity for you and I to get reacquainted because you've got uh, at we have at hand. Uh, this project. Tell us about the project. Let you speak to that because I'll okay. mess it up, I'm sure. Yeah, thanks. Now, yeah, so basically what, what, what we're doing right now is we've launched a petition drive uh, for citizens of Leon County to uh, to join us with. It's called uh, Monroe Makeover. Yeah. And we have a website called make, uh, MonroeMakeover.com. Okay. And right now, um, North Monroe is it, it's our number one gateway. You have more people coming into our community yeah. uh, through that North Monroe I-10 interchange than any other point in the county. And so, um, but as, as I think most people would agree, it's been in decline for many years. Yeah. It's we're, we're working on it. It's starting to turn around. We're starting to see some more investment in the corridor, but there's a lot more work we need to do. Um, the, uh, the Regional Transportation Planning Agency, called the CRTPA, um, has identified North Monroe as, as, as being a high-injury uh, portion of, ah, of the county. Pedestrians and such. Yes, uh, vehicle Car crashes, accident, yeah. pedestrian fatalities, uh, people ah. trying to cross North Monroe. Ah. And so um, the CRTPA is working on a, a federal grant application called Safe Streets for All that could bring um, as much as you know, $21 million Whoa. to North Monroe. Now, there's a 20% local match required. What that means is that in order for us to be eligible for, eligible for the grant, we've got to put in 20% of the total project cost ourselves. Okay. It's a way for the federal government to say, well, we're going to give you some money, but you have to have some skin in the game locally. Mm-hmm. So we are required to put in a, a, a local match. Which is not a whole lot of money when you... Relatively speaking, it's not, not right. a lot of money. Right. It's, it, basically, what we have in Blueprint's North Monroe budget right now is $4.2 million. Hmm. And so what the petition drive is for is to ask um, the public to, to support this idea of using that existing North Monroe Gateway uh, budget as the match. Okay. And so if we can do that, it doesn't affect any other existing blueprint projects, but what we do is we put that match in, we can get up to $17 million of federal money coming down, mm. add that to our match, and that, that equals you know, 21 million 21. that we can use. Now, what that money could be used for are things like new sidewalks, um, safer street crossings, improved intersections, better lighting, all things that our CRTPA folks right now are working to identify as part of this application. Okay. And in that respect, if we didn't use this 4.2 in this direction, can you think of a better way of using the money? I mean, are there those who have said to you, well, now wait a minute, Rick. You know, that's a lot of money. We, we could do something else with that money. Well, you're one step ahead of me, Brian, because ah. that's the I, I get that question sometimes. It's like, mm. well, if we didn't use this money for the match, what would we, we use it for instead? Mm. And the current budget allocation for it is the 4.2 mm. is for things like some street lighting, more of this more more aesthetic lighting, you know, oh. lighting that looks good. Yeah, yeah. Um, a welcome sign. Um, and some other safety things already identified, such as you know um, uh, redoing some of the uh, striping, mm-hmm. you know that type of thing on the roads. Uh, most of that 4.2 right now, if we didn't have this grant application, would be spent uh, on that street lighting, gotcha. which is mainly aesthetic. Um, what what I'd like to do is use that 4.2 to to bring down 17 yep. million yep. in federal dollars, yep. and then devote that toward. Increasing usability on North Monroe right. and saving lives. So twenty-one buys us a whole lot more yeah. than just four. And then in that capacity, it sounds like there's a lot 
of room for even more of this kind of thing. I think you you were telling me, uh, or maybe I was reading this, that that Blueprint has plans for a corridor, basically from the Lake Ella area up through and in, and to the Lake Jackson area. So that's sort of in their thinking already, anyway. So this isn't like it's it's far afield. It's in keeping with this notion that we really just need to do more uh, for this whole northwest side of town. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot going on countywide, and and mm-hmm. and and uh, this is not the only project that's underway or even sure. under consideration for North Monroe right now, as we speak. Uh, the Florida Department of Transportation is working on improving the medians and the curbing okay. along North Monroe. So from, everybody's weighing in on this in some way. Yeah, people say. people recognize that this is an area of town that, that needs some well, attention. Well, think about that. I mean, have we not seen a good deal of investment on the southwest side? Yes. The, the southeast <clears throat> side, northeast side. So here we have businesses, uh, citizens of residents of this northwest part of town kind of hand in you know stand there with their hands out going guys are we next i mean when do yeah. we, when do we get ours last year at uh, at an at earlier blueprint meeting i held up a map hmm. that was divided by a quadrant I see. and i showed my colleagues how much money has been going to these different quadrants uh-huh. of the county uh-huh. and northwest tallahassee was lacking and I use. I mean, that. if you drive through there, you go, yeah. guys. There's a disparity here. This looks like we're going back about thirty years. The rest of this community is like way ahead of us, right? I, I was using that map to, to plant a seed with my colleagues and saying, "Listen, Northwest Tallahassee needs some love. We need <laughs> some attention up there." Yeah. You know, and, and granted, we've spent blueprint dollars. We've probably devoted about six hundred million dollars to the South Side, both mm. Southwest and Southeast. Now we have decades of neglect for that part of town, and so I that that money is 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 I think being well spent on projects down on the south side. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of growth going on in the northeast, so you have a lot of that Wolani growth going on, and sure. so I understand the need for improved infrastructure there to increase capacity. But all that being said, we still need to show some attention and love to the northwest folks because they've not been getting, in my opinion, I've said this in a in a meeting to my colleagues. They've not been getting the return on their taxpayer dollars. Well, in fact, if you and I were just sitting having a drink somewhere and you were not the commissioner that you are for District 3, I mean, we would probably agree anyway, just looking at that quadrant divided map, uh, looking at it firsthand, you go, well, there's something not happening here that we're seeing elsewhere. And I don't think we would say, well, these people over here are more deserving. So it's a question of just finding uh, some kind of equity in this yeah. whole. And here yeah. you've got an opportunity that means our 4.2, and it's our money, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, has this lovely matching, better than, uh, coming in in, in, the, in what, four, say 14 million. Come, or 17, 17 million, yeah. 17 coming down from the feds. So now, why would we not do this, I guess? I agree. Uh, to me, I, I, I hope when our next Blueprint meeting is February 29th. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I hope my Blueprint colleagues will agree that this is uh, an offer we can't refuse, um, you know, having the match for the application. Um, but uh, it's such an important project that I don't want to take a chance. Yeah. And, you know, and I can't, because of the Sunshine Law, I can't talk with my colleagues 
before we go into a public of meeting course. to vote yeah. and make a decision on something. So I can't call them up and say, listen, are you mm, planning to support mm, this? Mm. So what I'm doing is I'm not, I'm not leaving anything to chance. I'm, <laughs> I'm asking the public to help us show their support for this project. You don't have to even live off of North Monroe because if you live anywhere in the county, anywhere in the region, you understand how important that gateway is to this area. If I'm a member of your family and I'm one of four kids and you want to know whether it's okay to buy Susie a new pair of shoes, um, I'm a member of the family. Susie needs those shoes. She needs those. She, she needs shoes. She needs shoes. <laughs> so what is, and, it, and it's, it, the money is all in one big pot. It's all our money. Exactly. Now, now it's about doing the right thing. And sibling rivalry aside, I mean, the brothers are going to look at Susie's feet and say that she needs some shoes. We need a gateway in North Monroe that's been that's been upgraded. Same thing. Well, in fact, uh, there are so many projects at hand. We're going to get into some of that too because I know that uh, Blueprint of late the last last few years has come under some criticism, some scrutiny. We'll get back to that. We've got sure. Rick Miner here with us, Commissioner for District Three, Leon County. You stay with us. We've got more right after this. Folks, there are four ways to shine in life, and Merry Maids has it all going on. Experience, reliability, thoroughness, and professionalism. Well, that's why we rely on Merry Maids right here at our studios, because, you know, I do need a little shine from time to time. And my friends at Merry Maids can make it happen with guaranteed satisfaction, screened and trained employees, bonded and insured performance, even a free consultation. Merry Maids can customize cleanings to fit most budgets and fit your busy schedule with cleanings on a weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, or an on-call basis. Merry Maids will deep clean your home on that first visit, something that you've probably been wanting to do, but you don't have to. Call Merry Maids. Relax, and it's clean. Right here in Tallahassee, call 386-2205 or find them online at merrymaids.com. That's 386-2205. And we're back talking with this bright young man who has a promising future uh, for uh, Leon County and Tallahassee and who knows what other political opportunities, offices may yet uh, open up and ever, ever think in terms of bigger and, and even more expansive opportunities? Or how does that work for you? Uh, well, I, I got to admit, I love the question, but I, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I really love what I'm doing now. I mean, I yeah. really do. Yeah. Uh, I kind of had a difficult childhood, so, so it, it's really important to me that I'm, 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 I'm available to my, my daughters. I've got uh, a 10-year-old and a 5-year-old. And uh, um, being able to work really hard on my community and then be able to go home and be with them at night um, and for dinner is really That's a pretty full bucket right there. Yeah, yeah, and and you know to be a decent husband too. I, you know, I, I got to make sure I um, yeah. show up you know, now and then. Show up around <laughs> then, yes. So I mean, I love what I do now. Um, you uh, know, but uh, you know, it, 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 we'll, we'll see what we'll see what the future holds. Well, in fact, it happens that a lot of times I think people in your situation who are serving locally uh, can you know find themselves being courted by. Uh, other parties, let's say, at a state or, or a regional level, and they're saying, hey, have you ever thought about, or maybe it's been offered to you already. Uh, but I think that, it, it, you know, that's that whole big fish in a small pond. Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly how that goes, but I guess what it amounts to is you're doing a, this job very well, and the people who you're serving are being served well, 
and then we promote you upstairs uh it's is you know it's it's that idea that we just keep promoting you up until you're at a level of incompetence and then we just (laughs) leave you there um right now this is working and with this project at hand it doesn't again it doesn't take a whole lot of uh observation to go yeah there needs to be some work done it reminds me of where we were a few years ago when the tallahassee mall then had this wonderful opportunity to be revitalized and things were just clicking along with that and then the individuals who were involved had to pull away because of the death yes of this principal who had come from birmingham i want to say it was blackwater investment i think you're right something yep. of that kind that's right and they did a they did this amazing repurposing of that whole that whole facility and everybody, I just took everybody's breath. And here you had the urban market out there and they had all this traffic moving in. And for that northwest side of town, I thought at the time, man, this is the ticket. This is going to create a sort of hub or a you know sort of magnet that will bring more and more people to this part of the world. And then it, it all just stopped. I, it was a tragedy. I mean, and, and condolences to the, the gentleman's family, but, but it's, it's, it's shocking how one person's death can mm. affect an entire mm. region of mm. the county mm. uh, with regard to the, the, the Tallahassee Mall. And I remember, Brian, I mean, you know, that, that buzz of activity with all the promise of what it was going to become. Mm. And mm. you and I were talking earlier about, you know, the, the ice rink that was there. Yeah. I mean, my, my 10-year-old daughter, which was much younger, <laughs> I think <laughs> three at the time or four, <laughs> Um, she, the first time she put on ice skates was at that, at that ice rink. <laughs> um, and, of course, it's there. It's not yeah. there any longer. And the amphitheater that, that was built and yeah. all of that. And the, at the time, forgive me for, for feeling a bit suspicious of how things go around town. When we talk about the members of the family, um, and if Susie does need new shoes, how is it that the other siblings – don't seem to have as strong an interest in Susie's welfare, you know. And so at the time I was thinking, okay, well, you know, this is a, for the lack of better terms, a shopping mall, but historically, but it's got this whole new vibe going on. Let's see, are there any other shopping malls in Tallahassee that might see that as a competitor? Well, okay. And then you begin to ask, well, how come there isn't more uh, ex- excitement, enthusiasm coming from some of those folks that are in those positions uh, because they have a vested interest in existing properties. It, it, at the time, it just seemed a bit odd to me that we didn't celebrate it more. I, I, I know, yes. I, I, you know, um, and uh, one thing that I've, I've started having conversations with the, the, the property manager of the, the Tallahassee Mall mm-hmm. property, and, and mm-hmm. that property manager is local, so they, yeah. they live here. Mm-hmm. And um, my take on it is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm starting that dialogue with this property manager and his, and his firm mm-hmm. to try to say, listen, you know, when my, the property right now, yeah. the old Tallahassee Mall, yeah. is owned by this large global corporation. Okay. I, I can't even remember the name off the top of my head. Yeah. But so, and this, this corporation has holdings all across the world. And, mm-hmm. and to be honest, that Tallahassee property is not the main, it's, they don't even consider mm-hmm. it one of their main assets yeah. because they've got such a, it's such a huge entity. Yeah. Um, so, but, but I'm, what I'm trying to do is, is start that dialogue to say, listen, when might this corporation be ready to talk with us about how we can help a as a community, how we can help um, uh, maximize the use of that property. Huh. 
you know, and I'm not a, I'm not a developer. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not even sure I qualify as a layman on this, but you know, there are different opportunities for us to develop that, that, that land in, in ways that benefit the entire community. Sure. Let's say, you know, there's not an outlet mall nope. going east or west of us for quite some ways. Right. You know, I mean, and I know traditional malls are, are, are deader than dead, yeah. but outlet malls are thriving. Yeah. Uh, you go to the ones down in Orlando, right? I mean, I mean Macy's is closing its doors. Yes, yes. But but they, that's one opportunity we yeah. could use that would drink, bring a lot of people from I-10. Yeah, maybe yeah. they aren't even coming to Tallahassee, but they might stop in Tallahassee. Sure enough. Do some shopping at the outlet mall before they go on their way. Or maybe even stay at our hotels. Right. Restaurants uh, so and the that, rest of it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that that's one idea that we've got that might be um, uh, something of interest to mm. the, mm. the corporation. But we need to start having that dialogue. Now... You know, I'm a county commissioner. I can't. I'm not a. I'm not a king. I'm not a dictator. I can't dictate what the owner of that property does with that sure, property. Sure. So long as it complies with our zoning regulations, right. They can do whatever they want. Well, but the incentive that you're putting in front of us by saying, "Wait a minute now," if we go in and we take our four million four point two, uh, we match that with federal funds at seventeen. And we put uh, not just a new face on this thing. It's not just lipstick here. Th- this is vital infrastructure that's being provided. Um, that would give you a calling card, I would think. So when you do have those conversations, you go, hey, we're committed to this part of town. Take a look at what we've, we've and w- what Blueprint is already committed to doing some of these other projects seems like that would give you a little bit of sway. Yeah, absolutely. It's just like what Kevin Costner said, right? You know, build it and they'll come. You know, if you, if you invest in if you invest public dollars into an area mm-hmm. to provide more infrastructure, you will see private investment come as well. I mean, take a look at our Gain Street, right? right? Remember Gain Street 15 years ago? Uh, I remember it was a much 40 years ago. <laughs> yeah, well, but yeah. Then who's counting? But I mean, um, I mean, it's transformed itself yeah. Yeah. Um, to the betterment of the community. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, by bringing more public investment into North Monroe, let's say we get the $20 million, or the, we get the grant successful, uh, successfully awarded to us, you know, we bring that public investment there, private investment will follow. Well, and to your point, the advantage that Gain Street and the All Saints District has and had then is that they had a massive facility sitting just to the west of them that attracts 60, 70, 80,000 people on a given football Saturday. Um, so if if there is any validity to this idea, we have a magnet over here on the northwest side mm-hmm. and maybe other projects yet to be proposed or developed. All of a sudden now, I say all of a sudden, but within a reasonable period of time, we start seeing the same kind of thing happening there in process. Exactly. I, I mean, yeah. Gain Street has a different dynamic when, when we started investing there publicly hmm. than Mon- Monroe does. Right. Um, Gain Street really just had a, 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 a an introduction of new businesses that came in, yep. you know, retail, restaurants, that type of thing. Right. Monroe has a lot of established businesses already. Between Tharp Street and Fred George, you have 400 businesses along that corridor. Wow. So it's a, a different dynamic. So yep. we bring the public in, investment there. We, we add more um, safety improvements. Those 400 businesses, some of them will decide, well, you know, now that I see that their investments coming along the corridor itself, I'm gonna expand my business, or I'm gonna invest in renovating the, the building that I've got here that I've had for 20 years or 30 uh-huh, years uh-huh. that 
you know, now it's time to renovate. Now that right. I see these public investments coming in, you've you've dubbed this the the Monroe makeover. Is that right? Yes. Yes. See, I, I hear this being more than a makeover. Not to be critical of the of the of the the nomenclature here. I think that's okay. It, it sells easily, <laughs> but you've really got a lot more going on than than simply again putting lipstick on a pig, folks. We're talking with Leon County Commissioner Rick Miner, District Three. And he's going to be with us just a few more minutes, so stay with me. Hi, I'm Josh, and this is an ad for Super Signs. We were going to do an ad that was funny or maybe really dramatic. You know, something clever. But that just didn't work. So I'm just going to tell you, Super Signs is great. I mean, they're really great. And it's not just me saying it. Lots of people posting and talking to their friends. Here's one. We are so happy with all our signs and banners by Super Signs. Highly recommend. Here's another. These guys are awesome. They run their business with great quality and service. Our lighted sign looks fantastic. I can't rave enough. Super Signs does the really big stuff, like outdoor lighted signs, vehicle wraps, wall murals, and all the banners, the yard signs, and indoor signs, too. So for your business or your birthday party, Super Signs is your sign company. So that's it. That's our ad. Super Signs is great. I mean, really, really, really great. You should call them, 422-1883, or go to their website, yoursupersigns.com. How's that for clever? We're back and talking with Leon County Commissioner District 3, Rick Miner, who has graciously agreed to sit here and let me yak at him about this Monroe Makeover Project and all that's going on with Northwest Tallahassee, Leon County. Um, certainly deserving, in my humble opinion. And yes, I signed the petition, so I'm on there Thanks, Brian. along with another 700 of us. I think 600 and something have signed. Would like to get that to a thousand and more. Uh, why? Well, but just because we want to be able to put in front of those decision makers with blueprint. And remember, that's the combined commission uh, commissions of city and county. So uh, how many people is that? Is that 12? One, 12. Oh, so okay. we got five city yeah. commissioners and the mayor right. and then seven county commissioners together and, uh, right. combining to form And you're 12. one vote. And as you've already pointed out, you can't be, you know, muscling your colleagues. No. Nope. Not unless you really want to go into a much darker place. No, I don't want to go there. I, 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 <laughs> Sunshine I, laws and all. I, you know, 15 so. years from now, I don't want my kids to Google yeah, my name right, and, right, and right. see a scandal yeah, come up in exactly the, in the right. internet yeah, search. Thanks, Dad. Really appreciate that. <laughs> the point is that it, it, it deserves uh, not only exposure, but celebration. Because you know, honestly, you know, there's that idea that uh, I don't know if it's 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 the rising tide or or whatever, but I think that if we are a family in the broadest possible sense as a community, um, one part of the community is hurting. We all hurt, if not all of the communities being served equitably, if not all of the communities being served equally and fairly and justly, then none of us really can claim that. You know, it's it's not the kind of model that we're looking for. And all I hear you saying is, don't you think it's time that we take this next step with this available funding, right? Yes, I agree. I agree. And I can tell you, I mean, I, I, I got elected in 2018, and so I've been mm. around for a little while now. And and prior um, to that, you, you've been serving the community in other capacities. Yeah, I was chief of staff to uh, the mayor of Tallahassee many mayors ago. Um, mm. But I, I can tell you this. Uh, yes, I mean... Uh, all the city commissioners and the mayor right. are elected by the entire population of the city of Tallahassee. Yes. Right. Um, the county has a little different structure where it's you've got five districts within the county, 
you got five, you know, mm-hmm. one commissioner in each of those districts. But then on top, you've got two at-large commissioners at-large. that are elected by the entire county yep. voters. Yep. So you've kind of got a mix there, which is healthy mm-hmm. because you've got, like myself. Representation, yes. It, you know, I, 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 the voters of District 3, Northwest Tallahassee, will decide whether or not they want me to serve them for another term. Right. But I work for everybody in the county. Yeah. And that's the mindset that I have. Uh, am I focused on District 3, Northwest Tallahassee? Yeah, because I'm I, I'm held accountable to that part of, of the county. And you live there. I live there. Mm. I live in District 3. Mm. Um, but, and I think my colleague, I know my colleagues share this frame of mind, is that we are here to serve the entire city mm-hmm. of Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. We're here to serve the entire county. And we spend a lot of time, each of us, thinking about what we can do to improve the other parts of the county that may not directly elect us. When it comes down to it, and especially with relation to Blueprint, a lot of criticism uh, came at this whole decision to give uh, Doe Campbell Stadium or Florida State University monies to improve the stadium. And there were several of your colleagues uh, within the county and within the city that said, well, stand by, wait a minute. We got people over here who don't have sidewalks. Uh, some of them don't even have indoor bathrooms. You know, there's there's problems that we've not addressed directly. So it's not that we don't love Florida State or Florida State football or or any of that sort of thing. It wasn't a negative against. It was really just a matter, at least as I was hearing it from some of these folks who were concerned at the time, citizens especially, and uh, commissioners saying, wait, wait a minute, what are we, what are we doing? <laughs> Why are we agreeing to this when we have these kind of needs? Do you hear that at all in this in this context with regard to this project? People saying, "Oh, I think it's not a good use of our money." With regard to this project, I, I it's almost been unanimous. I mean, I've gotten you know what uh, seven hundred petition signers so far yep. on this website, uh, MonroeMakeover.com, um, and I've probably I'm not exaggerating. I've probably received maybe. 10 emails, okay. less than 10, yeah. that are against the project. Dubious, yeah. So, um, Make, what's, the, what's, the, what's the website? Makeover? Uh, MonroeMakeover.com. MonroeMakeover.com. But this one didn't, yeah, I didn't have any hesitancy in signing it. I don't want to say it's a no-brainer because I don't want to jinx it. Well, maybe for me, I, maybe that I just would did. be good because you know, <laughs> rarely do I work with much of a brain anyway. But uh, no, no. It's, uh, but uh, like I said, you know, it's such an important project for Northwest Tallahassee and, and the entire county and region yeah. that I, I didn't want to take a chance. I don't want to go to that next Blueprint meeting on February 29th yeah. without every single arrow in our quiver. I got you. And every single um, voice from the community uh, being demonstrated in, in support of this project. So yep. we're pulling out all the stops. It's going really well. I feel pretty good that we can get to a thousand signatures by or a thousand petition submissions by that uh, next meeting. What's our timeline? We 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 have the petition signed. We go to Blueprint. Blueprint says okay, thumbs up. Let's go forward. We go back to the Fed. Say okay, we got our four point two. Send us our seventeen. Um, all that money now is sitting here in this pot. And now what? And, and and what I've just described might take a while. I would. That's, I don't. You you kind of you hit it on the nose. So yeah. uh, February 29th, Blueprint will make a decision about this grant. Yep. Um, in May, uh, Blueprint will finalize the budget for next year. So that's when it'll be official. Okay. So a couple months down the road from yep. here. Um, during this summer, 
the CRTPA, that planning agency I told yes. you about, they will submit the application to the federal government, to okay. the U.S. Department of Transportation. Okay. So that's when they submit the application. We'll find out if we get that award, the grant award, around December or January. So we're looking at into the end of this year, first part of next year, yeah. on a decision that we have to make now. That sounds like government. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate, but you know, I, yeah, yeah. The wheels do t turn a bit s s more slowly when it comes to public administration, I think. In, in some ways, you don't want government to move on a dime and, and yeah. you know, knee-jerk every time something happens. Right. I think you want right. a little bit of stability in, in the way government functions, but there are downsides to that, too. Yeah. Well, in hap it happens then. It, it, well, again, we'll, we'll put this in a positive frame. Uh, it's submitted, it's approved, and now the next step will be, we'll find out, you say, late December, early January, everything's good, green and go. Now what? Now what is that timeline? So like? blue, um, it will really kind of depend because a lot of the um, uh, initial preliminary design will have been you know, outlined. Yeah, yeah. Um, Already in place. Yeah, ready. yeah. Design, That's part of the application. They got to know exactly what are you going to do with this money. And yeah. specificity is an advantage. I see. So the more that they actually say, we want to, we want to improve this intersection. Uh, we want to put sidewalks uh, here. Uh, we want to uh, add a street crossing here. Okay. That shows the federal government that these guys are not messing around. Okay. They have a good idea what they want. Um, they already have the match designated. So let's oh. go ahead and this is a good application. Okay. That's our goal. Um, so let's say we get notice of the award in December or January, which is when we expect it to come. Um, we will then start design in 2025, um, and then we have to see the application itself. Mm. But I suspect that we might start construction in late 25 or 26. Is there any concern in your mind that in those months ahead there would be any kind of shifting or a reallocation of federal monies? Is this... Would this at all be up for grabs? Because we do have a presidential election in November, just saying. Yeah, it, it's it's possible. Although um, Congress, uh, two years ago with the infrastructure bill, uh, uh, they approved a an appropriation of $5 billion over five years. I see. From, from 2022 to 2026. Okay. So $2 billion of that, those dollars have already been used nationwide on exactly these types of projects. Okay, okay. There's $3 billion left. Uh, from now until 2026. Well, we do know this about government. If they've been given money, they have to find a reason to spend it because yes. they're not going to get it they again. Can, they can spend it here in Northwest <laughs> right, Tallahassee. Right, right, right. Um, so, and, and I think probably the next question you're going to ask, Brian, is what happens if we don't get the contract, if we don't get the application yeah. awarded, right? Yeah, yeah. We then have a choice to make. We can either apply the following year or if we decide to in Blueprint, we mm. can choose to use that money that we had held for the match mm -hmm, to go back mm -hmm. to our own budget. Folks, uh, we've given you a bit of a thumbnail here on this project, the Monroe Makeover idea, MonroeMakeover.com. And our good friend, a friend of this town and to the county, uh, Rick Miner, Commissioner for Leon County District 3. A pleasure having you here, it's my friend. It's great to be back, Brian. It's good to see you in the next. Yeah, well, let's do this more often. Definitely. Now that life is a whole lot easier for you, you only have two young girls to have to try to take care of and, happy to come you know. back anytime just okay. let me know okay friends that's what we have for you today we are the production of spatterwork media and entertainment coming to you from the studios of moose magnificat tallahassee's only radio station playing all local musicians their original songs all the time it's called moosemagnificat.com it's where you'll find them streaming online 
We call it the sound of Tallahassee. Carl Cerny is our executive producer. I'll be looking for you again next week. So come on, Tallahassee. Come talk to me. Wood and Glass has been taking care of families since 1945. Experienced, reliable professionals who offer only the best, like Widden's top-of-the-line bath enclosures. Eye-catching storefronts are a specialty at Widden Glass, and they provide precise installation. Widden Glass, Tallahassee's first family in glass. Online at WiddenGlass.com. Call 850-222-5781.